Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 40 of the Noah's Path Podcast presented to you by WRSTN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I'm your host, Francis, who is irrationally obsessed with Nets did not win the Summer League, and I have my co-host with me in these current for Noah's Good. Man, shout out to Tyus Jones. That's it. Yeah, we're, get, we're going to get into some Tyus Jones discussion because uh, we're definitely going to get into the summer league we want to talk about. We have some Russell Westbrook kind of discussion we want to turn into, and we're also going to talk about a little experiment that we did. We may have hit rock bottom in the hoops head, uh, trying to basically find something to get us through the NBA offseason, but we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to start with the outlet pass. It's the first pass in any pass break, so it's the first pass in our show. Summer League Finals tonight, Andy. We have a possible upset in the making with the number 24 seed, and that's out of 24 teams. For those of you scoring at home, that would make them the last seed. Uh, Timberwolves take on the number two seed, Chicago Bulls. This would be crazy, like a team coming back from 3-1 in the finals against a team with the most wins in NBA history or the second-best player in the league going to join that team after. But since neither of those things are going to ever happen in the history of the NBA, who do you got in this uh, Summer League Final game, Andy? Yeah, I got to ride the high hand, man. I'm going with Minnesota. I, I just, I, I don't know. There's something about it. Uh, there's something about the way they're playing. Uh, I caught the tail end of the, the Toronto game, uh, which mm-hmm. with Toronto was a good team. So, I mean, it was it was good, man. I, I'm I'm on this bandwagon. I'm actually going to watch, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely watching as well. I'm actually going with the Bulls uh, just because I, I like Bobby. My man Bobby Portis is playing in the summer league. As like literally as if it's in the NBA. He just plays angry. He's got that like we're gonna get into Russell Westbrook. He's got the Russell Westbrook just like mean face permanently on, on his, you know like he he just doesn't he doesn't know any other way to play, but 100. percent So I'm going with just Bobby Portis. I'm not even going with the Chicago Bulls. I'm going with Bobby Portis. That's my dude. Uh, all right. So let's get into the summer league. We want to talk about summer league a little bit because, like I said when I started off the show, we did a little experiment, and then I did a thing that I believe both of us we swore we would never do, and we're either broadening our horizons or we hit rock bottom as NBA fans looking for entertainment. We've lost a WNBA game, and here's what we want to do. We're going to put the WNBA in competition with the summer league in three categories. Andy, let's start with the first category, which is level of competition, with the lowest being the first half of the rookie-sophomore game and the highest being Game 7 of the NBA Finals. So, in, in terms of level of competition, which one did you think uh, was better, the Summer League or the WNBA? I honestly like the WNBA game much better. I, I, I just I think the flow of it was there. They looked like they looked like the more professional players, which they should. I mean, this is the stage they play on. Um, but yeah, I think by far the the organization of the game, the passing, the actual the ball skills. I mean. It, it was just a better game to watch the WNBA game. Maybe it was the game I watched. I don't know. It was a heck of a game. Well, that, that's what I was just going to ask you because I think before we get into too far into this, I think the first thing I should ask you is what WNBA game did you watch? Because I watched the Minnesota Lynx versus New York Liberty. Obviously, being a New York guy, I watched it on uh, MSG, and it was actually a good game to, to watch. I didn't know it at the time. I just kind of looked through my guide and looked at for WNBA and recorded it. Um, but actually, the Liberty were like the only team over 500 in the Eastern Conference, and the Minnesota Lynx were like 19 and four. So it was it was a good game to watch. It ended up being a blowout. Um, but that was that was the game I watched. I I was impressed. I liked it. We're going to get into that. But what was the game that you watched? Well, it's funny that you watched that game because I also caught Maya Moore in the Lynx, 
Um, I, the, the game I watched was actually back on the fifth. I think I was telling you about it uh, one night, but I come upstairs and, you know, it was like a little time to go. I think like four minutes left in the first half and it was the links in the Chicago sky. So you had uh Zeldana versus uh, Maya Moore. And it was just, it was a duel, man. I mean, you, the, the links ended up winning by five, but the game was just it delivered on, you know, countless in countless aspects. I mean, it was a close game. Um, both the stars at uh, Deldana had 38 points and Maya Moore ended up winning the game with 33 points. So you, you got to see, you know, the raw star power that they do have, you know, it, watching those two play is the equivalent of watching a couple of NBA uh, superstars duel. So that was fun. And, and it was accidental. I kind of tripped into the game one night when, when my wife was reading on her Kindle or something like that, something goofy, <laughs> not watching basketball. Right. So, that is a good game, and we are going to get into it because one thing I think the WNBA does have is star power, um, but as far as the level of competition, I'm going to agree. I think it was the WNBA had the better level of competition. It just seems, and, and like you said, it kind of should be that way. So I will say that from what I remember, the summer, the competition in the Summer League seems, I don't know, maybe more competitive this year than in years past. I feel like I've watched Summer League in the past, and it, it is sort of more like a like a rookie sophomore game where guys aren't playing that much defense and things like that. But I've been watching and I've been really impressed with how much these guys really care about winning the game. And so that's one thing I want to say about the summer league. But in saying that, I think the answer was the WNBA, just because like you said, they are professionals. This is what they do literally for a living. And it just seemed like there's obviously more at stake for them. You know I mean? This is their livelihood. Yeah, and to touch on the summer league guys, they're hustling because they saw the bread from that TV money. I mean, <laughs> if there's any ever a reason to be motivated to play, it's that. So I think that's part of it. And I don't want to be unfair to those guys because, the, like I said, that Raptors and Timberwolves game was a very entertaining one. Um, I, However, I watched the 76ers blow out the D-League select team, and that was an awful thing to watch. I, I didn't enjoy that type of game at all. Uh, but, you know, it, it does depend on the games you happen to catch. All right, so the next category we're going to get in is purely entertainment. So from an entertainment standpoint, with the lowest being how bored haters think the Spurs are and the highest being J.R. Smith coming down the court after hitting three shots in a row, which one did you think had more entertainment value, the WNBA or the Summer League? I'm going, I'm going again with the WNBA. I think they are the, the J.R. Smith of this ship, and, and I feel like the, the D-League, I don't want to say they were boring, and I don't find Tim Duncan boring, never. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's two points for the WNBA as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with the Summer League only because here, – here's the thing. Like, the, the WNBA, it, it was actually a, a lot different, I would say, than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be very perimeter-oriented, and there definitely is that aspect to it. But, I mean, they run pick and rolls. They get to the rim. But at the same time, there isn't that, like – from an entertainment standpoint, there isn't, like, that athleticism. You don't have people making, like, these unbelievable plays. It's very fundamentally sound, which is which is great. And, and it's very – it is entertaining to watch, especially if you like basketball and you like the fundamentals and things like that, like I do. So I did find it entertaining. But as far as, like, a pure entertainment standpoint, I'm going to go with the Summer League just because you do have these athletes that just do things that you don't even think are possible even in the Summer League. You know what I mean? So – that is, I, that is the reason I'm going to go with the Summer League, but I actually did find the WNBA very entertaining. Our third category is overall play. So level of play, uh, with the lowest being J.R. Smith coming down the court after hitting three shots in a row, and the highest being having four of the top 15 players on one team. Uh, what is 
the overall play aspect? Do you think the WNBA had the better overall play or the summer league? I think the WNBA has the better overall oh, play. No, I just it, it seemed please. it seemed like a more fundamentally sound game. Um, again, I mean, this is something these players play together all the time. They're on the same team, so I expect it to be more organized. Uh, I always think the summer league, and again, I agree with you that the, the play has been heightened this year. I still just feel like there's a lot of unpolished play that happens at times, and it's not constant, but it, there are flashes and sometimes for extended periods of time, and you just I didn't see that, at least not in the game I watched. Again, you might watch 100 WNBA games that are much worse, but in my experience, my, my little chip of experience here, I'm going clean sweep. Man. I, I, this was the one, I also picked the WNBA, and this is the one even beforehand that I felt like was going to be the WNBA because of what you said. I mean, you have guys on summer league teams, like summer league rosters literally change game to game. You might have a guy that was not even on the roster last game, and then he's going to come in, they're going to be running plays that he's never even seen before. So I wasn't really expect. you don't really expect a high level of, of play in the summer league as far as like coordination between the players on the team so I was expecting the WNBA to have a higher overall level of play and but in saying that I thought it was a long shot the WNBA to be honest I mean sometimes you watch like the summer league and it just seems like guys don't even know what what they're doing it's just kind of you hand one guy the ball and it's like iso ball because maybe the other four guys don't even know the play I was very very impressed with the level of sort of teamwork that went in because I thought maybe the WNBA would be the same way just because like we're going to get into it is so star heavy like I thought the Lynx playing even though the Lynx have like I knew it was going to be a problem when I watched the the Lynx versus the Liberty and I actually didn't know how good the Liberty were until after but I like looked at the starting lineup and I knew every player on the Lynx I was like oh Maya Moore I know her Simone Augustus I know her I was like this is not going to be a good game (laughs) (laughs) blow them out but it, it was a good game and but I, going back, I thought, like, it was just going to be like, oh, let's just hand the ball to Maya Moore because she's a superstar, and then we'll all just watch her play. But it, it really wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like, they, they had plays for Maya. They had plays for Simone Augustus. They had sometimes looked like they didn't even run a play. They just kind of did pick and roll and, and played off of that. Um, so it was, it was a very good game in, in terms of the overall play and the level of teamwork, and I definitely think the WNBA does take it. So, here is well, I have two. We have two closing questions. The one question I want to ask you is, if given the choice again, would you watch the WNBA over the summer league? Like, if they were on competing channels right now, let's just not even say it's the summer league championship because that's kind of cheating. But let's just say it was a random summer league game and a random WNBA game. Would you watch a WNBA game over the summer league game? No, and <laughs> and the reason why is is pretty simple. It's because, you know, my stock personally is invested more in the NBA. Um, and by watching the summer league, I'm getting a chance to see, you know, potential young stars or just potential glue guys that could come in and make a roster. With the WNBA, I don't get that. But, again, I, I think after this experience, I'm, I might watch more games here and there. It's not competing in season. Yeah, I have the same exact answer. I wouldn't watch it over a summer league game, but the WNBA has definitely come into my rotation of things that I might watch. Like, if I'm just browsing the channels, nothing's on. It's like, oh, the first 48's on, it's a rerun. Or the WNBA's on, I'm like, all right, I'll watch my own more plays for, tw- for 20 minutes, and then maybe I'll, I'll just get to the second case in the, in the first 48. You know what I'm saying? So, like, WNBA <laughs> definitely has jumped into my rotation of things that I would watch, and I was not expecting that. I was just expecting this to be like a one-and-done kind of thing. 
you know, sort of like LeBron James might be with the Cavaliers. No, I'm trolling. Uh, but the second question I have for you is if we put together a WNBA select team, just like we have a D-League select team, and we put them in the summer league, do you think they can, A, win a game, and, B, do you think they can win more than one game? Do you, what do you think they would do, basically, in, in a summer league, the WNBA select team of basically the all-stars, the best WNBA players? I think they might get blown out. I, I, I've sided with the WNBA so much that it seems nuts what I'm saying now, but I think for the exact same things that you said uh, with the entertainment value of the summer league, it, I just think guys are these guys are so much more athletic than the girls. It, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I don't think the, the women have the strength. They definitely don't have the size. I mean, their centers are like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I think on average. Um, you know, you put them up against a guy who's seven foot tall or six foot tall, and he's going to be significantly stronger. He's going to weigh a lot. I, I think they would get bullied. Uh, it might look like the USA Olympic team playing uh, foreign games back with the dream team, you know, Angola. Stuff like that. I mean, I, I, just, I think it might get pretty bad pretty quickly. See, I think – I disagree with the last thing you said. I think it would get pretty bad, but I don't think it would be quickly because here's my theory. All right, I have, I have two caveats here. I think the WNBA team can put buckets on a summer league team. I think they could score. I, I don't think they would have a problem scoring points. I think where they would have a problem is defending. I don't, know, I don't think they can get enough stops to really compete throughout a whole game, but I definitely think that they they could go out on like a 12-0 run to start the game or something like that, and then the other team would have to come back and eventually win. I don't think they would win, and you made the best point. I think it's mostly because of size. I was like, when I was looking at the teams, I was like, oh, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Brittany Griner. She's going to be my center. And then I found out that Brittany Griner is like the Brooke Lopez of the WNBA. This girl has like six rebounds a game, and she's like seven foot tall. I don't even understand how that happens. So, Brittany Griner, step, step your game up. Um, so, my caveat would be, if we had a WNBA select team with an with an NBA center on it, not even an NBA center, but like like Miles Plumley, let's give him Miles Plumley, who just scored fifty million dollars in free agency somehow, some way. If we gave the WNBA team like Candace Parker and all those all those girls, you know, Meyer Moore, all of them, and then we gave them Miles Plumley at center to grab some boards and get the outlet pass. I think they could, like, make it competitive. I honestly do. I, I know I sound silly saying that, but I feel like they can keep it within, like, 10 points. I, I think that the main part would be they would just get rebounded to death if they didn't have somebody with some size to even compete on both ends of the board. So what do you think about that? If we gave Miles Plumley, which in the summer league, Miles Plumley might actually be a pretty good player, you know, if he's going against summer league competition. I was just going to point that out. I was going to say, Miles Plumley might have like 40, um, 40 and 40. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I do. I do like what you're saying. And I didn't even think about it from that aspect. I just keep looking at some of these centers and they're like six, five, 215 pounds. And I'm just like, man, imagine like just some big, it doesn't even have to be necessarily a skilled guy. Just some big guy who's seven feet tall weighs 280 right. pounds. It's going to be, it's going to be tough quick, but you know, maybe with they get a guy, maybe you get a guy who's a strong rebounder and can kind of be an enforcer a little bit. Or you get like Brooke Lopez out there just doing Brooke Lopez things. Or, I mean, Robin Lopez out there doing Robin Lopez things. Something like that. Something right. who's, who's tough and can rebound and bang and, and that kind of stuff. And I do agree with you, too. Another thing I didn't think about was I think the girls would be able to get buckets. It is the stops that are going to be tough. And I think when you, you know, have 10, 12 possessions in a row where you can't get a stop, that really just starts to hurt your overall game. 
exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that's my exact thinking. Like, th- there's going to be times where they just can't get a stop at all. You know, they just can't stand stay in front of these these you know athletic guards and stuff like that. The other name I was going to throw out is Randy Evans, who who does nothing besides rebounding. Maybe that's a good. Maybe that's a good. Like Quincy yeah. Acey, that's another one. Just somebody that does nothing aside from rebounding in the league. You just give him his sole job is to rebound the ball. So maybe Miles Plumlee might be a little too good for summer league. You might be right. But we're going to move on because we're going to get back into the into the real league, the NBA. No offense to the summer league, to the WNBA, but we all know why we're here. NBA basketball, we have a superstar to talk about. Your boy, your guy, Russell Westbrook, Andy, if you're the Thunder, would you trade Russell Westbrook? No. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I'm, I'd roll the dice. I, I I would. I don't – I feel like with – unless Westbrook is telling them outright, I don't want to play here, I, I think right. you try to hold on. I mean, I think you'd be like that clingy – you know, you get that clingy person you dated for like two days when you are in junior high school, and then for the rest of your life, they were like, remember when we used to date? You know, stuff like that. I, I think you just got to be that clingy. Just, <laughs> just stay there. Hold the phone. I mean, be that guy. Or girl, you just, they've got to ride it out because he's too good. I mean, maybe if you're talking a guy who's, you know, top 15 at their position, maybe then you're looking to trade and get something back. When you're talking a guy who's a top three to five talent in the NBA, I mean, you've got to hold on. And they just lost KD. So I I just, I feel like it's something worth taking a shot at. Okay. So I agree because I think it's worth it even just to have his bird rights especially with the new TV deal. It's not, it's no longer like a guy turning like Carmelo turned down, like what? I think he took like an extra 15 million to stay with the Knicks when the, when the bulls had like a max offer. It was something, it was something like that. 15, 20 million. You're thinking now, like if you can offer a guy a fifth year with this new TV money, like Russell Westbrook would have to turn down like 40, $50 million to leave the thunder and go somewhere else. So that's a, I mean that's a lot of money to leave on the table. This it's no longer like oh it's it's something where you you have a shoe deal anyway, so you're going to make that money back anyway. Not really. Like fifty million dollars is a significant amount of money that you probably can't make up elsewhere. So I think it's worth it just to have his bird rights. But in saying that, let's just say that that like you said, Russell Westbrook comes up to the Thunder and he's like, listen, it, it's not going to work. Like we don't have KD anymore. I'm gone. So please. I, you know, I'm still loyal to, to your organization, so I want you to get something for me. Please trade me so you can get some value back. So we're going to get into a new segment on our show. We're going to call it the Social Media Dime. Um, if you don't follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash NLPpod or on Twitter at NLP Podcast, we post things almost every day, debates, certain things, and we're going to take the one that gets the most interaction and sort of bring it onto the show so we can discuss it and give you our, our opinions on it. So, I've been having this conversation, Andy, with multiple, multiple teams, but most notably Lakers fans. And here's the scenario. Here's what I've been told from Lakers Nation, who I believe might have a little bit of Dwight Howard Stockholm Syndrome. If Sam Presti called Mitch Kupchak and said, listen, Russell Westbrook is on the market. I want D'Angelo Russell. As soon as he said the name D'Angelo, apparently Mitch Kupchak should hang up the phone and, and just a dial tone, give Sam Presti the dial tone, because D'Angelo Russell is just absolutely off the table. What do you think of this, D'Angelo Russell, not even being in the discussion of a Russell Westbrook trade? I think anybody who thinks that way is taking the Taylor Swift type L real quick because, come on. I mean, is Russell, is Russell showing development? Is Russell 
most likely going to be a good player, maybe even a star? Absolutely. It's Russell Westbrook. I, I just don't think people understand the magnitude of this question. I, I think, honestly, a trade I had in, in a trade machine, I told you I had been going nuts, one I had with the Lakers was D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Larry Nance Jr., and Jose Calderon to make the money work. So, I, I mean, and you still might be talking draft picks. I, it's going to take a lot to get top five talent. It just does, especially in the prime of their career. So, Lakers fans, you got the crying Jordan face right now. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't think it should be quite that much what you're saying because that's like three assets, almost four assets. Like The farm. If, 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 right. If, if Westbrook is on the market and, like, you're, you're not sure if you can resign him, I understand why you would give less up. Like, I understand why you would say, okay, like, if Russell Westbrook was tied in for three years, then I'm going to give you everything and then just ask questions later once I get Russell Westbrook on my team. But I understand, like, okay, you, you tell Sam Presti – we don't know if he's going to resign, so we're not going to give you as much as we would if, if we knew he was under contract, if we knew he was going to resign, et cetera. But, I mean, I think with D'Angelo Russell as the highlight of the deal, like if it's like Westbrook for D'Angelo Russell and a first-round pick and Jose Calderon, let's just say to make the money work, whatever, I think that, that makes sense for both sides because if, if you're the Thunder, you need to save face by saying, okay, we got something for him. And if you're the Lakers, you can say, oh, well, we still have Julius Randle. We still have Jordan Clarkson. We still have this guy. We still have a top two pick. You know what I mean? We still have all these people, and we just got Russell Westbrook. So I, I don't understand why how you would trade for Westbrook without giving up really any assets. Like, I don't know what Lakers fans want to give up to get Westbrook or if they just want to wait until free agency. But then, like I said, the, you're, you're tied into, like, literally the Thunder can give them give him $50 million more million than you, than you can. And – it, I think it's worth it to trade for Westbrook, you know, even if you don't know if he's going to resign just for that purpose. So you can do that. So you, if you're the Lakers, you said, okay, we gave up D'Angelo Russell and we have his bird right. So, I mean, that makes sense to me as well, but let's, well, yeah. And I, some other, Oh yeah, go for it. I just want to say real quick. I think Celtics fans who it's funny that it's the Celtics and Lakers. I think they're in much of the same boat because I saw people who think that like they're keeping Isaiah Thomas, Marcus smart, and Avery Bradley, and they're still getting Westbrook in free agency, or I mean in a trade. And then if you're like, no, that, you know, that's not going to work. They're not going to give you Westbrook without getting it, you know, at least a couple of those guys. Then they're right. like, well, we'll just wait until free agency. And, I, and it's the same thing. I, there's just, it's, I think it's much more of a gamble to wait until free agency to see if Westbrook chooses your team. I mean, Westbrook may as well just stay in OKC where he's the alpha. He might like that. People just don't know. Right, and Westbrook, uh, you know, Westbrook or the Thunder might as well say, well, let's just keep him then, and let's just take our chances if you're not going to give us anything for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just it really doesn't make sense. So let's get into some Russell Westbrook trade scenarios. I know that you've been working the phones because you do represent Westbrook, so I'm sure you, you've talked to some GMs and everything like that. So give me, yeah. give me your first. Give, just give me one because I'll give one, then you give one, and we'll do it that way. Give me one good Russell Westbrook trade scenario. Well, I already gave you my, uh, you know, big haul there for from uh, from the, yeah, Lakers. the Lakers. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna give you I, I'm gonna give you I guess I'm gonna give you like a I'll give you a crazy one. You wanna hear a crazy one because this is how my mind works. This deal is much bigger than Westbrook. I just I'm trying to screw the league up. So what I've come up with is the Sacramento Kings, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, I have two pieces in this, two agents or two of my guys I represent here. So the Sacramento Kings, oh the Oklahoma Oogie. City Thunder. Oogie. And the reigning NBA championship Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're we're looking oh, at sending. Man. 
I mean, there's going to be some picks involved here that aren't quite ironed out yet. I'll give you a scenario. But we're looking like the Kings will get Kevin Love and Steven Adams. The Oklahoma City Thunder would get Kyrie Irving and Rudy Gay. The Cleveland Cavaliers get Westbrook, Cousins, and Singler to make the money right. And then the Kings would also receive a first-round draft pick from the Cavs. And and we're winning multiple championships here, LeBron. That that is a that is a crazy trade. Though I do also like that. <laughs> I know that you thought about this in depth because you actually threw Kyle Singler in to make the money work. So I know that you were like on the trade machine just just waiting trying to make something work. I I don't even know how I feel about that trade. I just see Boogie, like Boogie and LeBron on the same team in Cleveland. So much expectations. I feel like that's that's just a disaster waiting to happen. I do like it for OKC though because they actually get something back for Westbrook. Here is my trade. I have two trades. Uh, one in the Eastern Conference, one in the Western Conference. So I'll start with my Eastern Conference one. I got Westbrook going to Washington for Bradley Beal straight up and a lottery-protected first-round pick. So here's my thinking. If you're OKC, you get Bradley Beal tied into a five-year contract. And even though I don't love Bradley Beal, it's like you're, I think your worry in trading or in, in Westbrook leaving is, oh, my God, we're never going to get somebody to come to OKC again. So Bradley Beal is tied into a contract for five years, and you get a pick. And if I love the idea for Washington or any other team to pair Westbrook with like another combo guard and you get the Scotty Brooks and Westbrook combination and it's just back to <laughs> I don't know where you go wrong. You, you, you got it all. You got Russell Westbrook, John Wall backcourt, which is just going to be bananas. Just ridiculous. I think it works for both sides. That That's my trade. What do you think? I really like that one. I mean, I think the spacing could be kind of crazy. And a little bit. I, I, listen, I, I think that Russell Westbrook as kind of a ball-dominant shooting guard, I mean, and I say ball-dominant with all due respect to John Wall because he's still obviously going to dominate the ball too. But I think, you, you know, you give Westbrook that shooting guard position where he's asked to handle the ball a little more than the normal would. And I think it would be very, very interesting uh, not even a trade I would have thought of. I did have a similar swap with the Westbrook and Chris Paul thing. It uh, doesn't oh. give the long-term security quite like yours did because Paul's only on like a two years left on his deal or something like that. But it was actually the same thing. It was it was Westbrook for Paul and a protected uh, first-round draft pick down the road. And then you get Chris Paul back. Right. All right. So let me give you my favorite Russell Westbrook trade that I could think of. You can – Lakers get, go away, Celtics – have a good day. My best Russell Westbrook trade is Russell Westbrook to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Zach Levine, Shabazz Muhammad, and a lottery-protected first-round pick. All right, if you're OKC, you get three assets back. And if, if you're Minnesota, you get Russell Westbrook, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. You just tell Andrew Wiggins, all right, you just give us your 20, and you just let us handle the rest. We got Westbrook and, and Cat, who both have that kind of same dog in them. And, like, that combination to me is just a championship waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I mean, I, I think the, the only problem I would foresee with a trade like that is I, I wonder if Minnesota is the place Westbrook stays long-term. But if you had Westbrook, Wiggins, and Cat, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 here's my, and here's my other thought process. For one thing that we know about Russell Westbrook, he seems to be like a loyal guy. Like he seems to really value – and I think he would value somebody that gave up more to trade for him, knowing that he could be a free agent too. So – like, I feel like if they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to get you in free agency, Russell Westbrook's going to pick up the phone, like, when they call what? July 1st. Like, 
Bro, what are you talking about, man? I, I think that's what's going to happen. So you have – give me another quick Russell Westbrook trade if you have one, and if not, let's just go to uh, – we don't believe you need more people at the end of the show. I mean, I did have a Celtics one uh, that it was uh, Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart with Jay Crowder for Westbrook. Um, I, I think the pairing of Westbrook and Avery Bradley would just be something to behold. Uh, the defense would be yeah. just just stingy, and then they'd have Al Horford inside. I think that's a, instantly a great team. Yeah, I would agree, and I also think that's, that is what's going to happen. I think he is going to end up on the Celtics in some form or fashion. I'm not sure what the deal is, but that, that's my theory. I think that's where he ends up. So we're going to move on to the end of our show. Like they always say, like Jay-Z once said, we don't believe you need more people. Andy Flynn, who needed more people this week in the NBA? I know it's not probably the most popular aspect of this video that I'm sure everyone has already seen of Victor Oladipo windmill dunking on a kid at a camp. And he's not the loser because the part of the video most people haven't seen, Oladipo gets yacked on by the same kid prior to that, and he went and saved some face by giving the kid the meanest windmill I've ever seen. But, Victor Oladipo, you need more people for letting a kid dunk on you. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that either. I am going with Kevin Garnett. Salute to you for keeping those checks coming into the checking account, but let's not act like your retirement should be affected about whether you can play or not anymore because you're going to play five minutes a night anywhere. anyways. So just get out there and, and do what you can. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Victor Oladipo. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. And with that, that is the end of our show for the week. Join us next week as we continue our journey around the NBA and the WNBA, apparently. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at NLP Podcast and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NLP Pod. That's N like Nika Ajumaki, uh, L like Lindsey Whalen, and P like Penny Taylor, all WNBA players. Apparently, Penny Taylor is the only WNBA player whose name starts with a P, so that's all I can find. We will close as we always do with the great philosopher Jason White Chocolate Williams, who once probably thought basketball is a lot like last call to bar. Sometimes it's better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night. <laughs>